Three Dog Thursday on the Sports Gambling Podcast network of shows is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, Arizona, and coming soon to Louisiana. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $10, and get $200 in free bets. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you in part by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use the promo code SGP for your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. We're also brought to you in part by Stable Duel. Stable Duel is the horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $15,000 with a single entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And we're also brought to you in part by the SGPN app. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or the Google Play Store to download it today. Football fans, it's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, TJ Reed. Yes, here we are. Great to be back with you as we wind down the month of February. You know what that means for Three Dog Thursday purposes, the month of March. The March to the Madness is about to begin and about to be here, but one more weekend to go to dissect everything in February. We are ready to talk all about it as we get things underway on the only digital radio show that loves those teams that are less thought of, usually the road team, usually getting a lot of points. We are loving talking about some underdogs. Straight ahead from Vegas Insider and MajorWager.com, he's back. Brian Edwards back aboard to talk some college basketball fresh off of yet another great week or so last couple of weeks really in college basketball. Can't wait to talk to Brian about how he's been doing with that. A little later on, all the Michigan controversy surrounding the postgame handshake mishap and the the antics, the shenanigans, uh, the bad sportsmanship by Jawan Howard throwing a punch at a Wisconsin assistant igniting a, a fight between the two schools. So Jawan Howard sitting for the rest of the regular season. We'll talk with Dan Leach, my guy from 97.1, the ticket, the all sports station in Detroit. He's got great insight on the Wolverines and what's going to happen with them down the stretch of the year. They got a lot of home games down the stretch of the year. Dan will be talking about that. And we'll swing all the way West. My initials brother from another mother, TC Martin is here from Las Vegas to talk not only a uh, general college hoops, but specifically the mountain West and the UNLV running rebels. Don't look now, but they are winning games on the road to the mountain West conference. They are hosting the mountain West tournament. We'll get some insight from TC on Vegas, the rebels, and that conference in a little bit. Uh, again, a quick reminder, however you found us, social media link, Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows, whether you found us on so, uh, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, subscribe, follow us and subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, easiest way to get to you. We're here Thursday. Uh, go all the way through the weekend with some of the games that we're talking about. We stay relevant, and we're going all the way through March and the NCAA tournament and the Final Four in New Orleans. Subscribe and follow us. You get us automatically on Three Dog Thursday. We love that. We also love this guy. He's back. MajorWager.com, senior handicapper, Vegas insider, 
Uh, he has picked a bazillion games correct, I think, in college basketball. I might be exaggerating about Brian Edwards, but he's back aboard on Three Dog Thursday. How you feeling? I know you're on a bit of a roll. How good is the roll as we talk <clears throat> to you midweek? 23-5 and five since last Wednesday, but I was this close to being 8-0 the last two nights. Wow. Uh, two nights ago, I lost um, – I went three and one. My only loss was the under 146 Georgia Tech Syracuse that went to overtime and got to 147. And then uh, Tuesday night, I uh, had Boise State minus two and they won mm. by one after leaving mm. my 10 at half. So, oh, so close to. 25 and three and eight and oh the last two nights but well what quite. a controversial finish there and by the way just as a follow-up on the handshake stuff as we release the podcast here that was such a tightly played game crazy game i don't know how much you saw of the end of that with the controversial foul call and san diego state had every right to gripe and be upset but brian dutcher the coach uh, behaved fantastically shaking leon rice's hand good sportsmanship there you know in, in the crazy uh, situation uh, at the end of the Vandy uh, Alabama game. We had review after review for flagrant foul, controversial with free throws, Brian. They shook hands at the end of the game. Izzo spoke out, Tom Izzo, about the handshake line, and then his team got their doors blown off at Iowa, and they were right there in the handshake line shaking hands. Now, I know some of these coaches are on their best behavior because they know what happened and everybody's watching, but it can be done. Take the high road. Be good sports. It, it was demonstrated. It can be done. Uh, there in the handshake line. Any thought from you before we start looking at games and, and specifics? Um, I, I thought Howard should get a, a three to five game suspension. I thought talk of firing him was way overboard. Um, and he got five games. I thought guards should have got one game. Uh, just, just in that he initiated the first touching, if you will. I know it wasn't anything, but yeah, I thought that guard held a little responsibility as well, but I, I was fine with the, Obviously, all the players that threw punches got suspended as they should have. Yep. And again, Dan Leach will talk more about that specific situation in a lot of Michigan home games, including playing Illinois on the weekend at home, still playing Iowa at home in a rematch game, Ohio State at home. Can Michigan find their way into the postseason here without Jawan Howard on the bench? Phil Martelli, the former 500-win St. Joe's coach, is now there for the remainder of the regular season. All right, let's not get about, right into Not a bad it. backup yep. head coach. No, not a bad not backup head coach. To try to stabilize things, and it may be a little bit of an audition for him to get another job somewhere if he does well with this in this situation. All right, let's get to Thursday. With the understanding that Brian and I are taping – on Wednesday, again, without the benefit of the lines for Thursday, but we have a pretty good idea of what they might be. I'm going to begin with the alma mater. They took a tough loss against SMU, but my Memphis Tigers, da 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 go Tigers, go. Penny Hardaway's crew at home with Temple. They are now in must-win mode, Memphis. Probably going to be laying, Brian, something like four points, maybe five or six, something like that. I don't know what you would have that game at. How dangerous a dog is Temple? Will Memphis have a hangover? after SMU kind of put it on them in the second half and their postseason hopes for the NCAA tournament teetering, my Tigers. Uh, any thought here on this game? Yeah, um, Temple's been outstanding as an underdog. Their last eight, they are 7-1 and one, uh, against the spread with three outright wins. So, um, yeah, Memf I think you're right that Memphis will uh, – you know, be favored by what'd you say, seven ish? Four, five, something at least like that, right? Uh, yeah, at least that many. I, I would think probably more like six or so, maybe seven. Um, but yeah, five to seven ish. Um, 
And Memphis is playing well other than that, you know, hiccup um, the other day at SMU. But that that's a costly one because SMU's right there on the bubble with them and it now has swept them. So if it gets down to those two being first four out or last or first one out and last one in, mm-hmm. uh, Memphis is, is definitely takes a back seat to SMU now. So um, obviously a must win, but, you know, urgency does not always translate into success and uh temples uh actually got the same record as memphis straight up and they are 15 and 9 against the spread like their straight up record and in memphis's case you cannot slip here pressure going to be on them temple may play a little loose we'll see how the tigers respond they've shot the three better too let's see if that happens at home at the fedex forum as well couple of western games that i'm interested in that i want your opinion on uh, just a thought you don't have to play them San Francisco hosting top-seeded Gonzaga. Gonzaga going to at least be a double-digit favorite here, Brian, probably maybe 12 or 15. But a San Francisco team that can guard, it's got a couple of players that can score. This is the end of the season where Gonzaga is playing at San Francisco and also playing at St. Mary's at the end of the regular season. Any thought on a Thursday night here as we release the podcast and the audience again that's listening on Friday, et cetera, because a lot of people do listen as the weekend goes on. You already know whether Gonzaga clobbered them or whether it's a close game or maybe San Francisco even pulled the upset. Any thought here on the Dons back at home, probably getting a, a large handful of points. What do you think? It's crazy. Gonzaga's only played four true road games this year. They're obviously undefeated and uh, three and one against the spread. Uh, San Fran is 14 and three, uh, which is the only thing that's relevant here because they'll be a big underdog. They are only six and 10 against the spread, but a lot of those are heavy uh, favorite spots. Um, you know, I, I really haven't seen enough of the Dons to know if, um, if they, I, I did go against them. I had, um, uh, loyal Chicago against them uh, or in mm-hmm. that uh, that one they kind of put together last minute. Um, so I haven't really seen them enough. I know they're right there on the bubble with my Gators, so I hope they get their butts beat bad just to, <laughs> for Gator bubble purposes as, as such as life uh, this March or not quite March. Um, I, yeah, and I think you're probably right on it. I mean, 15 is probably too many. I, I think uh, 11 to 12 and a half is probably where we'll find that one. And again, San Francisco in this situation is nine and five in the conference. St. Mary's really smothered them in the head-to-head game last week at St. Mary's. Gonzaga, again, will be favored to rock and roll uh, in this game. Uh, the two guards, Shabazz and Boye of San Francisco, have to have big games, but I just don't know that they have enough against Timmy. Nimhard, the Gator transfer, speaking of the Gators, has been really good as the point guard there, too, along with Chet Holmgren, the seven-foot wonder kid, the freshman. Nimhard has been fantastic down the stretch of the season for them. We'll see about Gonzaga. I want to get to Saturday with Brian, but one more for Thursday night. Again, we don't have a line, but we suspect UCLA may be a short favorite, probably will be at Oregon. Must win mode for Oregon trying to make the tournament. Um, This was an Oregon win at Los Angeles for what it's worth in early January, but there were no fans, Brian, at the game at Pauley Pavilion. Now it's a rematch. A week ago, Oregon went into Arizona State for what it's worth and no-showed and got beat badly. Then they turn around, Brian Edwards, MajorWager.com, Vegas Insider. They turn around and play a great game at Arizona and lose. Jekyll and Hyde here. What do we What do we think with UCLA coming in likely as the short favorite Thursday night Pac-12? Well, Tiger Campbell, the point guard for UCLA, is questionable. He missed uh, the ASU game uh, earlier this week. Um 
you know, he's important. 11.7 points per game, average 4.4 assists, 1.2 steals uh, per game. And, you know, ASU, I think, had, had cut that lead to three with, you know, like six, seven minutes left. Yep. Um, I had ASU plus 14, ended up pushing on that. I thought I should have won. Um, UCLA is six and three straight up, four and five against the spread on the road. I think they'll be favored by two or three. Uh, and maybe that could differ a little if Tiger Campbell gets upgraded. Uh, you know, maybe it would um, it would be more like three or three and a half, whereas if he doesn't play, it's maybe one and a half, two. Not that he's that big, but, you know, he is the point guard, and he, he is a, a, a little bit of a factor. So um, we'll see. Again, I'm, I'm rooting against the bubble teams with my Gators in mind. And again, uh, in this situation, UCLA, you mentioned that cover uh, just at the end of games, it drives you crazy as a bad beat because Arizona State had the game covered the whole final five minutes. The lead was never 14. Then suddenly UCLA's like dribbling out the clock. They miss a three point shot at the end of the shot clock in the final minute, get the rebound. And instead of pulling it back out, score a layup. Now the margin is 12. And I know you're shaking your head. I can see you, Brian Edwards. Arizona State comes to the other end, gets the ball stripped. And it's a steal and a dunk. And now the now the line is covered at 14. Or if you got UCLA with 13 and a half, you're in great shape or 13. Arizona State misses the final shot. UCLA rebounds, runs a clock out. You talk about bad beats. You just have to be careful. But they are on the road here at Oregon. Oregon in must-win mode. If the Pac-12 is going to get a fourth team in the tournament besides UCLA, USC, and Arizona, it's probably Oregon, and they need this game Thursday again. If you're listening later in the weekend, Friday, obviously, you know. Saturday, you certainly know what happens. We'll see what happens there, Brian. Hey, I, I was just going to say, I don't, I, I'm not looking at their schedule right now, but um, Arizona State, although Bobby Hurley's on a boiling hot seat and they you know, have had a terrible season, They've been very good as underdogs uh, here recently, depending on what line you got for that UCLA right. game. They beat Oregon's, Oregon by 24, or you mentioned that a minute ago, as five-point dog. They beat Washington State as a 10-and-a-half-point dog. They beat UCLA as a 10-and-a-half-point dog, uh, covered Arizona's 21-and-a-half-point dog, um, and covered uh, against USC as a six-point dog. So ASU is kind of a team that, you wouldn't think is would be playing hard with potentially a lame duck coach and no postseason on the horizon that's been covering some underdog numbers. And again, they're at Colorado Thursday night. Colorado probably going to be a short favorite at home. They've got a winning record in the Pac-12. Going to get them again as an underdog, it looks like, Arizona State, if that is the case. Brian Edwards with me for a couple of more moments from Vegas Insider, MajorWager.com, kicking off Three Dog Thursday. All right, we get to Saturday, and I know you're big on the SEC. I'm down here in the South. We're going to talk more about Michigan coming up in the show. We're going to talk more about the West. Let's get to some SEC. I know you're hurting after what Arkansas did to Florida. Such a great win over Auburn Saturday. They could not follow it up in Gainesville. Credit the Hogs, though, yes, for that win. And that kind of leads into Saturday and what you're looking ahead to for Arkansas, even though we don't have a line, right? So what do you think? Well, the Razorbacks are 12 and one, both straight up and against the spread uh, in their last 13. Uh, I think Arkansas will be a very, very, very short favorite, but it kind of depends on. So, as we, you know, as you always always say, we're taping on Wednesday and Kentucky plays Wednesday night, and yep. we don't know the status of Ty Ty Washington or Severe Wheeler. They're starting backcourt, two best guards, and they both did not play against Bama, but despite that, Kentucky rallies from 13 down, not only wins, but covers the spread in a nine-point win. We'll see if Washington and Wheeler go Wednesday night. 
and their status could, you know, impact this line on Saturday. But I, I would think if, if those guys are full strength and ready to go and they play Wednesday night, maybe Kentucky would be a one point favorite, but I, I would tend to think first off, this will be an incredible crowd as we had for the Auburn yep. game against Arkansas. And, um, that makes me think that you got to have Arkansas favored by one or two, but Kentucky is playing great, man. They, they look like a team that can certainly is one of those teams that can make a six game run uh, in March. The one thing to keep an eye on, I do know this stat in recent games, Kentucky as the road underdog in the sec is only one and three against the number, including that loss, that decisive loss at Tennessee last week. Again, we don't know the outcome of the LSU game as Brian and I are taping on three dog Thursday, but Arkansas early one o'clock start in Fayetteville two Eastern time, Arkansas, Kentucky one to keep an eye on. And oh, let me also, also mention, yeah, go ahead. I did grab a 70 to one ticket on Arkansas for, just for 20 bucks, but I did do wow. that about a week to 10 days ago. And so it, I'm looks, feeling a little better. About, it about looks that. better and better with Eric Musselman's job. You're also interested a couple of hours later, speaking of Tennessee, in Tennessee and Auburn, even though Auburn is the higher ranked team, Tennessee probably favored in this. Brian Edwards, maybe a short, like two point favorite, something like that at home. Or might you disagree with me and you think Auburn might be the short one or two point favorite here? What do you think in Knoxville no, Saturday I afternoon? Oh, Auburn's been awful on the road lately, and Tennessee has not lost at home this year. Like you just noted, they uh, blew out uh, Kentucky uh, at home. Let's look at Auburn's most recent road games. They lose outright to Florida as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, they lose outright to Arkansas as a one-point favorite. They go to Georgia, nearly lose outright, don't ever throw – you know, didn't cover a 16-point um, road favorite. And uh, – and yeah. then it was the Missouri game. They were 12-and-a-half-point favorite and barely won. So what is what was that? Was that four road games four in a row games, they haven't? correct. Yep. That they haven't covered. Yeah, so keep an eye on that for the Auburn-Tennessee line for Saturday I think afternoon. Tennessee will probably be two, two-and-a-half, maybe three. Something like that. All right. Well, and, and – Again, for Rick Barnes's team, they bounced back from an awful showing at Arkansas shooting the ball and played very well at Missouri midweek. What will that translate to in a matchup with Auburn? There'll be a lot of emotion. It'll be raucous in Thompson Bowling Arena. A lot of people don't realize that place seats like 23,000. So when it is full, it's every bit like what Rupp is or the Carrier Dome is. It's not a 10 or 12,000 seat arena. So we'll see. The if house that Pat Summit built. You are correct. Well said on that. We'll see what happens with the SEC play in the games coming this weekend uh, for sure. Um, all right, Brian Edwards, plug away your social media, how we get all of your stuff, not just for Thursday as we release the podcast, but all the injury info, the trends, your social media, go for it. Yeah, on Twitter, uh, at Vegas uh, B. Edwards, uh, you find my uh, content on uh, majorwager.com, vegasinsider.com, all my picks, vegasinsider.com, Brian Edwards. Uh, sports.com and uh, even some more Twitter action at Major Wager Uno. Thanks for as always for having me, TJ. Enjoyed it and uh, best of luck with all the games. It's almost March, brother. It is almost March. We're looking forward to it. Thank you, Brian. We're going to talk more about the Michigan situation. My buddy Dan Leach, 97 won the ticket in Detroit, straight ahead as we roll on. And we're brought to you in part by WinBet. They've got a massive college basketball contest upcoming where the grand prize winner gets reserved seating, four seats, 
at the world-renowned Win Las Vegas Race and Sportsbook for the early round action of the college basketball tournament Thursday, March 17th, Friday, March 18th, as well as two rooms at the Win Las Vegas for a two-night stay. In addition, they're getting $1,000 worth of free bets from WinBet. Any WinBet patron that places a minimum $25 wager on college basketball during this promotional period becomes automatically eligible for the prize, and players can take advantage of the offer immediately. There's no limit to the number of entries that a patron can receive into the grand prize drawing. For example, if a patron raises uh, uh, wagers $1,000 on college basketball during the promotional period, they get 40 entries as part of this contest. The offer is subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. You must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, have them call 1-800-522-4700. It is WinBet and winbet.com for the college basketball tournament contest. We're also brought to you in part by IP Vanish. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to the hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why you need to use IP Vanish VPN to make it easy and truly private and secure on the internet. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the net. Encrypting 100% of your data, that means your private details, your passwords, your communications, your browsing history, and more, completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IP Vanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing speed, your computers, your tablets, your phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming your media. Whether you're at home or in public, don't go online anymore without using IP Vanish. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for listeners right here on the SGPN, and they give you a 30-day money-back guarantee. It's just like getting nine months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you do is tap one button, and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything that you stream or everything you search for or everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand-rated 4.6 out of 5 Trustpilot Go to IPVanish.com slash SGP and use that promotional code SGP. Get a 70% savings. That's IPVanish.com slash SGP. Hey, we're also brought to you in part by Stable Duel. There are never enough things to gamble on. And one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. And the best part is now there's a new way to play the ponies, especially if you're brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a daily fantasy-style app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. Win as much as $15,000 with one entry. And this Saturday, they even have a $40,000 contest. If you don't know anything about horses, not to worry. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com. Multiple games are offered each day. Free games weekly at all tracks all over the United States. Get the app, create the account, start building your stable today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against other stables. You can even follow them on the app and compare your own stats to theirs. Download it now, StableDuel.com, and see how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner's circle. Play, race, win with StableDuel. 
And we're brought to you in part by PropSwap, where America buys and sells their sports bets. The March to Madness is right around the corner, and PropSwap is your place to cash in for the big dance. Every season, prop swappers make thousands of dollars by simply buying and selling college basketball teams. And now is the time to find those Cinderella's while the odds are really high. So get into your sports book, buy a handful of tickets, and then just list them on PropSwap. Remember, only one team needs to make a run, and that ticket will pay for the rest. PropSwap has thousands of buyers across the country, so you'll always find the best odds and collect the most money for your bets. Hurry up, download the free PropSwap app today. It has fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value, a free activity feed to stay in the know with all the big sales and the red-hot tickets that are for sale, a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash, and a first deposit cash match using our promo code SGP on your first deposit. And PropSwap will match that deposit up to $500. Join real sports bettors on PropSwap. That's where America buys and sells sports bets. And a reminder, the SGPN app is right there live now in the App Store and the Google Play Store. This app gives you easy access to all of our picks, all of our podcasts, everything in the content from the SGPN family of shows and everything that's going on on the app. Don't forget, give us an app review. Download the SGPN app today in the App Store and the Google Play Store. Look for us. It's the SGPN app. Dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is TJ Reeves. We are back in, and I always love different insight from different parts. And when all of this stuff with Jawan Howard happened, post-game handshake line with Wisconsin, now it's it's led to a suspension for the remainder of the regular season for the former Michigan star player, now Michigan head coach. I got to go to my man in Detroit, 97-1 the ticket. Also does a great job with the Detroit City Cast show, the digital show and podcast. Mr. Dan Leach back aboard here as part of Three Dog Thursday. My friend, good to be with you. I'm looking forward to the takes and the insight. I bow to you figuratively. Hey, it's always here. an honor. Am I the fourth dog? Like, I know there's already three dogs. Can I be the fourth? Yeah. Yeah, well, you can be whatever dog you want, the lead dog. All right, I'll be top dog then. You can be top dog. You can be all of the above. Um, All right, so you and I have kind of uh, talked a little bit privately. Let's do it now officially. Your reaction, uh, we've all seen what happened, your reaction to a five-game regular season suspension for Jawan Howard with a Wolverine season teetering on maybe it's an NCAA tournament bid or not, your reaction to it, sir? Well, obviously terrible timing, TJ. And, and, and listen, you know, full disclosure, I am a Michigan fan. I always have been, uh, but I've covered Michigan and Michigan State for years. So I'm always objective when it comes to it. And, uh, you know, from uh, the fan perspective, if you're a Wolverine fan, it was unacceptable for me. You know, college basketball perspective, if you're a fan of college basketball or the Big Ten, it was unacceptable. Uh, from the, the perspective of Juwan Howard, who in, you know, three short years is almost a three-pointer away from the Final Four last year and really obviously can coach. The, the big concern was after John Beeline shocked everybody and went to the NBA, which I understood why he, why he did it, but he flamed out. And then Juwan Howard comes in. Could Juwan Howard, you know, could he coach? We knew he could recruit. Beeline, obviously, we knew he could coach. We didn't know if he was going to get the five stars. And Juwan Howard has definitely, you know, checked off all the boxes until 
obviously last year, the little incident with Mark Turgeon in the tournament against Maryland, that wasn't that bad. And then this was just as bad as it gets. And, and I, you know, I'll tell you this, when I first saw it and I was starting to get comments from either listeners of mine or just friends of mine, some of the Michigan state fans, they were saying that Juwan Howard should get fired. He didn't knife the guy. I mean, obviously right. he's slapping. It was unacceptable. And, and, and we'll get to the apology and everything in a second. And the not apology and the excuses in the press conference, which upset me, but the whole thing was just completely a terrible look. I, I know that Juwan Howard isn't that kind of guy and five games is right. Anyone that thought he should be suspended for the rest of the year and get fired was being silly. At first, I was thinking like three games, and I'm like, you know what? He probably should be out for the rest of the regular season. That's what Michigan did. Ward Manuel, the AD, came out and obviously said this is not who Michigan is. Unacceptable. Jawan Howard did not do a good job at the press game, post-game press conference where he basically made excuses. And he was obviously in the moment and reactionary, but he came out yesterday in that statement and definitely took full accountability, said no excuses, said it will not happen again. That's what I wanted him to do. That's what I think the Michigan fans should have wanted him to do. So I think that Juwan Howard's in the right spot right now, but this whole thing is a terrible look for a team that might be one of the most disappointing in the country, but still has a chance. Big wins over Purdue and Iowa in the last week or so, or two weeks now, they've got a chance to still get to the tournament. And now they're going to miss their main man and thank God Phil Martelli, the longtime St. Joseph's coach, will take over. But this is a terrible time for him to be missing and a terrible time for you to set a bad example for young kids. So the whole thing's a mess, TJ, but I just hope that he learns from it. This doesn't happen again. And we realize that, you know, emotions can be a big part of of being great, but they also can be a big part of making mistakes. And you have to show restraint in that situation if you're Jawan Howard. I agree with all of that, and I, I can hear it in your voice. So the logical follow-up is all this outcry from some, and it's a vocal minority of do away with the handshake line. You're in agreement with that. No, be, be, be uh, the opposite. Be better, be bigger, take the high road, and learn how. And again, this is not the NBA. It's not professional sports. It's not the NFL. You're trying right. to coach younger players and teach them the right way to handle it. Be better in that moment you're in agreement with me just overall. It's not about abolishing the handshake. Line. Yeah. All due respect. It is like you said, it's a minority, uh, a small minority. That's just stupid. I mean, listen, I understand where some of these people are coming from and some of them are doing it for clicks and others are just haters of sportsmanship. I mean, I call a lot of high school football and basketball games. We do a game of the week here at a, at a great station I've worked for for the last couple of years called WHMI. And one of the coolest parts of that broadcast is win or lose. I call the state title game where they walked them off. One of the great Michigan state title games ever in football. And they still got in that line and they still shook hands. You know, you see it in the Stanley cup playoffs. And of course yep. you see it in college basketball. It is part of the fabric of sportsmanship and amateur athletics. I know that we have the NIL deals and, you know, people think that college athletes have been getting paid for a while, TJ, but it's one of these things where there still is that classy part of sports, even though, you know, these guys might be getting things that they shouldn't be. The high majority of them are full amateurs. They're not getting paid for this. They do it for the love of their school, the love of their sport, the smaller level schools to the higher level schools. We can't get rid of the handshake line. Be better. You know, Juwan Howard knows that he needed to show restraint. I know Guard, the Wisconsin coach, got, you know, put his hand on his chest, might have said some things that, whatever. And I understand that emotions can run high after Michigan was up by five and then gave up like a 16 to three run. And the next thing they, they lose about like 20. 
So you can be frustrated all you want, but you can't react with physical violence and you can't react with any kind of pushing and shoving. And the handshake line has nothing to do with that. You have to be better, show respect to the game, respect to your competitor. And that's what the Big Ten commissioner mentioned. That's what Emmanuel mentioned when it comes to the Big Ten. That's not what the Big Ten stands for. That's not what Michigan stands for. So Jawan Howard, the whole thing that I just mentioned, he's got to be better. He knows it. He had his be a couple. He was contrite. I believe him. And you got to be able to keep moving on from this and not let it happen again, even in, the, in, a, in a close level to what happened. Again, Dan Leach is close to it. Follow him at Dan Leach 97.1. 97.1, the ticket, the Detroit City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. I even got the sponsor mentioned in. Hey, sneak it in there. They're good peeps. He, he is uh, hanging with me on Three Dog Thursday. So the next follow up is Phil Martelli uh, now has a lot of experience as a coach, and they still have. Five opportunities here to make an impression to try to have an at-large case for the NCAA tournament. Just go over that now because Michigan's season is not done, even though Jawan Howard is done for the regular season. Just go over that part because it's about the future. It's about the upcoming game with Rutgers and what you have left, right? Yeah, well, let me start with this. You know, when Jawan Howard first got hired, he was obviously very emotional at that press conference. The first thing he did was hire Phil Martelli. And when he did that, you know, I mentioned earlier, we we, we knew that Jawan Howard could recruit with the AAU connections, being a Fab Five or all that stuff. Could he coach? Well, yes, we know he could coach. He was a longtime assistant in the NBA, you know, with the Miami Heat, really earned his, you know, stripes and drawers and respect that way. But he needed someone that knew what they were doing from a long past perspective. He brings in Martelli, who was at St. Joseph's forever and was a one seed with Jameer Nelson. And obviously knew, what, you know, what it would take to kind of help Jawan Howard build himself into a top level coach at a power five school. So Martelli taking over gives me a little hope as a Michigan fan. It's a lot better than a guy that doesn't have the experience that Martelli does, obviously. But you look at the five games left, and I know Joe Lenardi, at least, the ESPN bracketologist, still has Michigan in as either the first or the second last team in the tournament right now where they have to play Dayton in the first four. But he basically made the, the, the statement, and I agree with this, if Michigan doesn't lose to teams that are below them, Rutgers will be one of them. We'll see where Iowa's at in a couple of games. I mean, the Spartans are struggling, too. They got Rutgers, Michigan does. Four straight home games, by the way. Rutgers, Illinois, Michigan State in the revenge game, and Iowa, who they just beat. And then Iowa, Ohio State on the road on March 6th on a selection uh, before the Big Ten tournament starts. So if, if they can win two of those games, three of those games, and a game in the Big Ten tournament, they're probably going to be in. But it's it's – I mean, you look at those teams – You've got at least four of those teams that are ahead of you right now. So even if you lose them, you still don't have a chance, but they're going to be tough games. you got to win at least probably two of those games. Rutgers is playing much better, and it starts with that without Juwan Howard, obviously, uh, on, you know, on Wednesday night. So it, it's one of these things where I think that Michigan – you know, has a chance to get in, but without their head coach for the rest of the regular season, with all the, you know, questions these student athletes are going to be getting asked aside from the basketball stuff, you really just hope that Michigan can keep them focused. You know, that Phil Martelli, with all of his great experience, can get these guys, you know, one game at a time. And I think Michigan still has a chance to get in. And this is the thing, TJ, if they get in with Dickinson and Diabate and Eli Brooks and a tremendous amount of talent up and down that roster. While for much of the year, they've been one of the more disappointing teams in college basketball. If they get in, it would not be a shock if they went on a run because they've got a tremendous amount of talent and they're big 10 tested. So obviously the Juwan Howard angle could maybe actually galvanize them and bring them even closer. It's going to be very fascinating to watch if the Wolverines can get in because for a long time, the Spartans were world beaters this year and now Michigan state can't win a game. Michigan might be the team that has a better chance to go further. If they get into the tournament. Always love the insight on that rivalry too. 
uh, with Michigan and Michigan State. And again, for the audience, as we release the podcast, Three Dog Thursday, conveniently on Thursday, they already know the result of the game with Rutgers. Dan and I don't know that result at the time that we're talking right now. No, I think game- Michigan's going to win. All right, I understand that, but we, they maybe did, they maybe don't. The audience obviously knows that as Thursday wears on, and then we look ahead to them playing Illinois right. at home on Sunday. That is very large right now. Take advantage of these two home games immediately in front of you. You mentioned four straight with Michigan State and Iowa being the next two, but control these first two here in the narrative, and you're going to help yourself um, in that case. Okay, let me broaden it out real quick because I love your insight. I know you're going to tell me you believe the Big Ten is the toughest conference, and, and maybe it is. Oh, it uh, more is. So than the Big it 12, is. more so than the Big East. I'm with you. Are we looking at seven Big Ten teams? Are we looking at maybe an eighth team that can sneak, sneak in from this conference? Give me the uh, the amateur armchair bracketology assessment here of the Big Ten. Seven teams, definitely, yes, from this conference? Teach, we're, we're not being a Big Ten over here. Uh, I, seven, eight, I'm talking nine teams. Right now, I think wow. nine teams are in if Michigan gets in. Obviously, you got to see what happens with Iowa. I mean, Rutgers can go on a run. But, yeah, I mean, right now, Indiana's a, a last, you know, four-team in. Michigan's a last four-team in. That would make it nine. And I think at worst, the Big Ten's going to get eight. But, you know, this – and it, listen, you know, it's not to say – that the Big East and the Big 12 and the ACC and the SEC don't have some great teams. But overall, the Big Ten's the best conference when you go top to bottom. It's been that way for a couple of years now, and it's great to see because for a little while, the Big Ten was maybe the third or fourth best conference. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens with Michigan and Indiana. And obviously, you know, Rutgers is a super long shot. But I'm, I'm thinking that it's going to be at least eight and a very likelihood of nine if Michigan gets in. All right, we will find out. And again, Rutgers a very interesting case because they've got six quad one wins yep. going into the stretch run here, but they've got three losses to the quad three and the quad four. So do they value the committee, the wins more? Do they hamper them? Do they, do they knock them for the losses? They're an interesting study for Rutgers. I believe they will ultimately be in just because when you start comparing them to other teams, Virginia Tech, uh, you, you start uh, naming off other schools that might or might not be there, Florida, um, et cetera. Or yeah, if you do whoever, that blind resume, they're going to beat them out. They, they don't have those teams six quad one wins, nope. and Rutgers does. There's no erasing that from what Rutgers resume has. So we'll find out with them. I know this, the Big Ten tournament will be knocked down, drag out as it is every oh, yeah. year. And one more time, to have the fans back, for all these conference tournaments and then the NCAA tournament games, this is what it's all about. We're finally going to get back to this after everything being shut down, cut off two years ago. Last year, basically no fans anywhere for the tournaments and the NCAA tournament. It's going to be good to see this in most or in whole at all these different locations coming in March. I know you can't wait. I can't wait. Dan. Yeah. I'll tell you this. I was very lucky last year, TJ. I live close to Indianapolis. So I was able to go to see Michigan play against LSU. I mean, every game was in Indianapolis. And then I saw them play UCLA, which obviously that game sucked for a Michigan fan, but (laughs) just being in Lucas oil and yes, it was obviously, you know, reduced capacity. I, I got my my hands on some sweet tickets for a very cheap amount of money, but it just, it was so cool. Yeah. You had to wear your mask and I, I got a little cool light up mask to make it, you know, fun, but being there after not having the tournament the year before, and then now knowing this year, we're going to have full capacity. Uh, I'll be out in Vegas for the first weekend of March Madness. First time yeah, ever, by the way, I've ever gone to Vegas. There's nothing like it. And last year you got a taste of that. 
And it was so special to be able to go to those games, you know, with the fewer fans, but you knew how important it was to be there and how much it meant for a lot of the people that were able to go to those games and, you know, wear the mask and be safe about all the, the, the testing and stuff to be there now to be able to get it all come back and have, you know, I, for some, this is the best time of the year. I mean, definitely for me, it's, it's up there. I mean, I've loved so many things. And obviously, My you hand too, is too, up right? while you're talking. Yeah. It's, March and this it doesn't event. get any better. Nope. It doesn't get any better. So to have the full fans back, TJ, it's going to be awesome. And uh, I can't wait to see what Vegas is like. I've never been to Vegas for the first weekend of the tournament. You know, I got my pool parties. I got my, my day spas <laughs> and nightclubs. And I got the games to watch. So I've only been there for the second weekend. I've not been there for the first weekend, but I have been there for the second weekend, and it was nuts. The one time I was there for the second weekend on one occasion, I want you to report back. And you were gracious a year ago because you were reporting back after getting into Lucas Oil Stadium over and over again because that's where the Big Ten tournament had been. Oh, yeah. And then the NCAA tournament was going on in greater Indianapolis. Crazy. Let's hope we don't ever have to go through something like that again. Games spread out everywhere. Let's see if Michigan hangs around. This man will be talking about it on 97-1, the ticket. Plug away about when you're on. Plug away on the Detroit City cast that you have and what you have going on with that. Fire away, Dan Leach, where they find you, social media, all of it, please. Yeah, well, the, the good and bad news. My, my Twitter has currently been hacked by Russians, so please still follow me there at Dan Leach 97.1. I am working diligently hard to get it back. So that'll happen soon. But yeah, doing the Detroit City cast, you know, all the, all the time. We have four at least new episodes a week. And you can get that on any podcast, uh, fact, uh, any any platform you listen to. Just do a search for Detroit City cast. Obviously very Detroit centric, but we do national stuff too. And then obviously I've loved being in the ticket forever. I mean, always doing different things there. I'm calling a high school basketball game of the week, which has been a ton of fun. So I'm a, I'm a busy man these days, TJ. But like you, we love it because why else would we be doing things we love? There's nothing better than doing what you love. So I yeah. love being on with you anytime you ever need my help. I'm there for you. And you've always been there for me. You were my man on the street at the Super Bowl <laughs> a couple of years ago. Whatever that was the greatest thing better. ever. Whatever it takes. Boat parades for Dan Leach. Whatever it takes. Get the man's Twitter back. I love the Dan Leach 97.1 tweets. Get that back in time for March. It's been tough, uh, the, man. The Romanians and the, and the Russians, they don't need it. They don't need the, I don't need to be spammed with weight loss stuff and whatever else <laughs> that they have. So get the man his Twitter back. And let's see if the Wolverines get back to uh, – to, uh, uh, relevance here with Phil Martelli in for Jawan Howard and then maybe Jawan Howard coaches in the postseason and let's see if Michigan turns it on then too I do know this I love having this man on again I bow to D Dan Leach thank you for hopping on three dog Thursday my friend always my pleasure and honor TJ you're the best we do roll on one more time here and swing out west initials brother from another mother tc martin back aboard on three dog thursday the tc martin show galactically famous you hear it five days a week out in las vegas as well as tcmartinshow.com back to impart some wisdom the nfl season over now we're talking tons of college basketball it's almost march tc martin doctor good to be back with you on three dog thursday for a few minutes uh, great to be with you, TJ. And again, this is my time of the year. I love college basketball, love March Madness, and uh, no better place to be here in Las Vegas as we are now hosting five conference <laughs> tournaments. And then let's remember, probably the, uh, uh, the, the most anticipated day outside of Super Bowl is the first weekend of the college basketball tournament uh, here in Las Vegas. And you need to be here, my friend, for Hoops and Hops at the Cosmopolitan. Oh. You and 4,000 of your best screaming maniacs for four incredible days 
here for Hoops and Hops. I, I always love the uh, the invites from the doctor. I got to get out there at some point, as I've jokingly said in other places, and you and I may have talked about this once. I've been out there for a Sweet 16 weekend, yeah. and it's been about 15 years ago, but I have not had the Dr. Cosmopolitan treatment for the tournament. And it's good that all of that is coming back around because we didn't have that a year ago. Two years ago, everything was canceled right on the eve of the NCAA tournament. And then last year, it was greatly tempered, not, not really very much. So it's good to have it back at full blast. Cosmopolitan, we love on the Vegas Strip. And the doctor is obviously involved with that. Speaking of the Vegas theme, looky here, UNLV running Rebels. No, we're not talking about the late Jerry Tarkanian. No, we're not talking about the late Roly Massimino. We're talking about Kevin, son of Lon Kruger running Rebels. We're talking about Bryce Hamilton, the left-handed shooting guard. And lo and behold, they keep winning Mountain West road games, including Tuesday night, a win at rival Nevada in Reno. They now have won at Colorado State. They've won at Fresno State. I'm looking at UNLV here as a dangerous March team, maybe in that Mountain West tournament. TC, you're closer to it. You've got Kevin Kruger on all the time on the TC Martin Show. Tell me a little more about the running Rebels at this stage headed to March. Yeah, this Rebel team is improving dramatically. And you got to remember that this was a team that Kevin Kruger basically took over and the cupboard was completely bare. So thanks to the transfer portal and the immediate, um, you know, needs that uh, they were able to get, they got nine transfers and most of the guys they got came from power five schools, specifically the big 12. So you had, you know, two guys come over from the university of Texas. You had a point guard come over from West Virginia. And these guys uh, were highly sought after recruits, you know, out of high school. The problem was they didn't get a lot of playing time at the respective universities, especially with with Texas. I mean, you had Donovan Williams, and then you've got you know Ham from uh, that came over to UNLV, and both these guys were just you know behind you know monsters over at mm -hmm. Texas and really couldn't get on the floor, and they are really shining. Jordan McCabe came over out of Bob Huggins' uh, camp there in West Virginia. He's uh, basically taking the point guard position for UNLV, done uh, exceptionally well. But the mainstay has been Bryce Hamilton. Bryce Hamilton tested the NBA waters last year, did not hire an agent. So he backed off. He said, I will come back for another year of college basketball. He looked at many universities, many major programs, but ultimately Kevin Kruger won him over. And uh, Bryce Hamilton came back, uh, leading scorer for the Rebels. We've seen him go off for a career high 42 points against Colorado State on the road about three weeks ago. And Hamilton had 27 points on Tuesday night against arch rival, uh, you know, Nevada Reno. So yeah, Hamilton is a player. They have other players as well, but this team really has bought into Kevin Kruger system, which is Lon Kruger system, which is really defense first playing for each other, supporting each other. And now the rebels are starting to put it together. So even though that they are, kind of a young team and a lot of people don't know much about UNLV this is a veteran team not veteran team in the sense of playing together but a veteran team of guys that have played before with these transfers out of the portal so this is an older UNLV team and they could have some success in the Mountain West Conference Tournament all right again they're going to play Boise State who came off a crazy finish Tuesday night Boise State beating San Diego State down by one got a Got a questionable tripping foul call in the final second. Little home cooking in Boise. Made the free throws. Won the game by one. Now Boise comes in as the top team right now in the Mountain West into Vegas on Saturday night. Again, we don't have a line at the time that you and I are talking, but I would surmise Boise State probably a short 
uh, favored in that game. This is going to be a huge, huge night, though, for UNLV to have a chance to maybe pull that upset on the eve of the conference tournament being in the same building in the Thomas and Mack Center. Yeah, and they actually match up pretty well with Boise. They played Boise very, very tough. Just a couple of weeks ago, they played him tough, you know, at Boise. And, uh, you know, the, the Rebels are playing with a lot of confidence right now. And, you know, it's been a, a big trek to try to get the fans in UNLV back behind this program because they've gone through a revolving door of coaches. Uh, you have the very spacious Thomas and Mack Center that seats 18,000 plus. And, you know, when you get six or 7,000 in there in that building, it seems pretty raucous. But the problem is they haven't been able to get more than six or 7,000 people just because fans are, are tepid. Their temperature is still, well, we're still not sure. Bringing Kevin Kruger aboard here was the magic. I mean, he, he's, he's one of Vegas's own. And hopefully the Rebels can get back to filling up the Thomas and Mack Center but uh, it, it takes time. People still here think it's 1990. And, you know, Larry Johnson isn't walking through that door anymore. You know, Stacey Ogman's not coming through. And lo and behold, we know, you know, Tark rest in peace. But, you know, they had success uh, when Lon Kruger was here. The last time they made a deep run in the NCAA tournament, they went to the tournament when Dave Rice was here, a former Rebel, you know, kind of like Kev Kevin Kruger. Of course, uh, Dave Rice played for Jerry Tarkin in those championship teams. But it, it's... It, that's what Vegas needs. They they need to get a hold of one of their own, like they've done with Kevin Kruger. And like you said, I talk to Kevin all the time. He's on the show at least once a week. And by his own admission, he said he's still learning how to coach. And it helps that he has his dad, Lon, sitting a couple rows behind him. Not that he goes to him during the course of the game, but they spend a lot of time at the dinner table, you know, before games, after games, and Lon is mentoring him. And Kevin is a guy that, will take the mentorship. He admits, he goes, no, I still have a long way to go, but uh, I don't think anybody thought the Rebels would be playing this good right now. So yes, they have a shot, especially when you have the tournament on your home floor. And keep a couple of other things in mind that TC knows. He had been an assistant with his dad at UNLV. He had also been an assistant briefly with Bobby Hurley at Arizona State, too. So he learned from some coaches. But it's the big step of about a foot or maybe two feet from the one chair next to the chair to now be the head coach and in charge of all this. And we'll see. Uh, if the Rebels continue to respond, uh, I, I'm laughing because I'm an old fart officially. You're not old. I'm old. I did a USF Tampa, not USF San Francisco, South Florida and Tampa. I did a USF UNLV game in the Thomas and Mac. Lon Kruger is the coach. Kevin Kruger as the player hit yes. a couple of big threes in the game yeah. back about 17 years ago, 17, 18 years ago, 2004, 2005, something like that. We were there for a December tournament. All I remember doctor is I'm there in December and the snowflakes were the coming down in the desert, the size of Volkswagens. And then we played the rebels in the Thomas and Mac with Kevin Kruger shooting the ball on, yeah. uh, on, on the bulls of South Florida. Yeah. Now he's the head coach. We'll see how they do. And by the way, is the mountain West at least a three bid league? Are they maybe a four bid league? Depending if somebody pulls a couple of upsets in the conference tournament, you have to believe Boise state. Yes. Uh, San Diego state. Yes maybe Colorado state, some mix that's in here. I'm probably leaving somebody else. Wyoming deserves consideration. This is at least a three bid league mountain West. Yes. People think that, but I'm going to disagree with that TJ. And we have this conversation every year where people think it's going to be a multi-bid league. Now, obviously this year it's a little bit different in years past has been San Diego state, maybe Utah state, 
you know, can they get, you know, more than one? Can they get more than two? And usually the answer is no, they can't. I think it's going to be hard for them to get four. I think it's going to possibly three, but you got to remember none of these teams from Colorado state to Wyoming to Boise state uh, really has any signature wins, especially signature non-conference wins. Uh, Utah state is a team that has been near the top just as it has Nevada has as well too. Now Nevada has no shot this year because they have too many injuries and their program is a mess right, right. now, but Utah state is a team that can play and they can roll into this tournament and have their customary spot at the, in the, at the table at the final, like they have had before. So they could actually cause some havoc there, but I just think the mountain West from a national perspective still um, does not have that cachet when you talk about Wyoming and you talk about Colorado State and, and even Boise State because we know what's going to happen once these teams get to the tournament. They're going to get blasted. And honestly, the, whoever comes out of here is not going to get any higher than maybe an eight or nine seed as well. You're going to be looking at 11, 12, and 13 seeds. So that's just the reputation of the conference because it has been down over the years. You have right. San Diego State. It's probably there. Uh, their conference uh, to win, but everything else is totally wide open. UNLV is currently sitting fifth right now. There is no difference between, you know, teams one through seven right now in the Mountain West Conference. So it's going to make for an interesting tournament, but these teams are going to be beating each other up, which I think will affect how many teams actually get in the big dance. And again, TC and I don't have the privy as we release the Three Dog Thursday podcast. We're taping before the conclusion of Wyoming at Colorado State. And Wyoming looks like a dangerous team as well for that Mountain West tournament. They're playing on the road at Fort Collins. We don't know that result as we release the podcast and you follow college basketball. You'll know that score. He and I don't know that score. All right. That being said, another moment or two with TC Martin of the TC Martin show. Follow him at TC Martin 21, by the way, on Twitter. He's a great follow the unelected mayor of Vegas. Love this man, the doctor. Great show five days a week in Vegas. Uh, Thursday night. I'm still using you as a West coast lean here because you're out in, in, in Vegas. We talked about these two games earlier. I know you have Bill Cartwright, the man in the middle, Bill Cartwright on always uh, with you, he's a former San Francisco Don, let us not forget, before being a Chicago Bull and before that a New York Nick. All right, uh, San Francisco, the Don's hosting Gonzaga. Gonzaga, TC, probably like a 12, maybe even 13 to 15 point favorite. Do they have a shot to at least hang with Gonzaga, if not cover at home late in the West Coast Conference season? What do you think real quick? Yeah, uh, USF traditionally has played Gonzaga exceptionally well at home at War Memorial uh, 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 Gym there. And yeah, the big seven-footer is still part of that program. Uh, he's there all the time. He's at practices and he's kind of like overseeing things. So not in an official capacity on the floor, but he uh, does work for the University of San Francisco. So yeah, I, I've always loved the Dons. And if they're hitting their shots, they can beat just about anybody and definitely hang with anybody. If they're not hitting their shots then it could go sideways for them. And that's where the problem's been. But yes, at home, the War Memorial gym will be packed and that number will probably come in the neighborhood of 13, 14. That's where it kind of usually does the last couple seasons. But uh, yeah, US, USF can shoot it. And uh, I would be very intrigued by taking USF with the points with his double digits. All right, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. 
Oregon, UCLA, another intriguing one. We were talking with Brian Edwards, our senior handicapper from Vegas Insider earlier in the show. Oregon won the game in early January with no fans again at Pauley Pavilion. Mick Cronin was uh, not happy at all. Why, why do we not have fans? The Lakers are in the same county and have fans at their games. Uh, the Rams are playing to full capacity at the football stadium in the same county. We can't have any fans at Pauley Pavilion. Nonetheless, Oregon won the game. Then again, Oregon goes to Arizona State last Thursday night. Awful. Go figure. Yeah. UCLA has everything to play for, battling with Arizona at the top of the conference. We don't know Tiger Campbell's status, the point guard. He's questionable going into this game. UCLA still probably a short favorite, depending yeah. here. Any thought on this? It's a Thursday night game. Again, the audience that's listening later in the weekend already knows what happened. But any thought as we release the podcast on Bruins and Oregon out west? Yeah, you mentioned that game at Pauley Pavilion. I remember watching that game and turning on the TV and saying, where are all the fans? Uh, no one really was aware that it was going to be that empty. And Oregon was the aggressive team. UCLA was totally flat that night. And this is what you get with Oregon. Dana Altman does a fantastic job of coaching these guys up. But uh, they have been inconsistent. But the, the good thing for Oregon is over the last few weeks, they have been pretty, uh, pretty rock solid. And you know what you're going uh, to get out of them for the most part. Uh, you know, they, they've got scoring. They can hang with UCLA. They're a team that matches up with the Bruins exceptionally well. So would not surprise me in the least here. If uh, Dana Altman has these guys ready to go and they pull the upset off of UCLA, you mentioned Tiger Campbell injury, Johnny Juzang, who really makes them go. He has been hobbled for the past couple of weeks as well, too. He's not a hundred percent. And you go back and you watch what UCLA did against uh, USC where they lost that game. Certain teams give UCLA problems. USC is one of them. Oregon is another one. Beware. And Arizona State gave them problems. They had the makeup yep. game back yep. on Monday night and had problems in that game before they finally. And that was a makeup away. game. And, and talk about yes. UCLA being flat again. They were flat in that game too, because again, that was just thrown together kind of at the last minute as a makeup game because of COVID earlier. This is the fourth game in a week now playing Oregon yeah. at Oregon, and they'll play Oregon State on the weekend as well. We'll see about that. Love this man's insight. I know you've got to go. T.C. Martin, plug away on how they find you, where they find you online, on the air, and on social media because we love the follow. We love the humor. We love the sports takes. You love the food too. Let's, let's yes. be honest. You like that as well too. There you go. Love the Vegas food. Yeah, like you mentioned uh, on Twitter at T.C. Martin 21, but check out the show. Five days a week, Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific, tcmartinshow.com. Uh, great interviews, day in and day out. Uh, great take. Check out the blogs. Check out the, the interviews. We have a featured interview that's up on the website each and every day. Uh, the classic interview page, some, some great ones in the past as well, too. But I'll check it all out, tcmartinshow.com. Man is a great follow. Love his insight. We'll see what happens with all the games and all the stuff this weekend. I look forward to talking to you in March, TC Martin. I appreciate it, brother. Look forward to it, baby. March Madness, bring it on. We can hardly wait. Love it. That'll do it for Three Dog Thursday. My thanks also to Brian Edwards, Vegas Insider, MajorWager.com, Dan Leach in Detroit and around the Michigan controversy with Jawan Howard and T.C. Martin with me here to close it out. He was the closer. He was the Mariano Rivera of the podcast. Are we ever going to get spring training? Who knows? Uh, but for now, we are done on Three Dog Thursday. My thanks to Sean Green, Ryan Kramer, everybody with the Sports Gambling Podcast. Subscribe to the show, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We're back next week with more doggies on Three Dog Thursday. Bye.